0: Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, the Dodgers swept a doubleheader in Cleveland. We'll talk all about those two games, the dominant offensive performance in those games. We'll talk about Mookie Betts, who did a lot of that dominating and continues his push towards MVP. We'll talk about Ryan Pepio, who is an unexpected bright spot in the Dodgers pitching staff. All that and more on Locked On Dodgers.
1: You are Locked On Dodgers.
0: Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you watch you're watching or listening right now. Then you can be an or just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Just Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Semperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper picks and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And Vince, uh, two things that don't seem like they could could be true at the same time happen to be true. Uh, The Dodgers have won four of their last five games over the last six days. And also, heading into Thursday, the Dodgers hadn't won a game in five days. And yet, somehow, uh, both of those things are true because they won a doubleheader on Saturday, then they didn't play on Sunday or Monday, they lost on Tuesday, they got rained out on Wednesday, and then they swept a doubleheader on Thursday. You know what? It's unconventional, but it gets the job done.
1: Yeah, if you're going to lose first game of the series and then win the next two on the same – and win two games on the same day – I'll take it. Uh, you know, it was still marred a little bit by some uh you no, know, maybe call it incompetence on the field from other people not named the Dodgers, but uh they got it done. So it worked out.
0: Yeah, specifically, we'll we'll just rant a little bit about this, get it out of the way. Uh, we kind of as an
1: umpire rant No, nope, I have one
0: I know because okay, you know Yeah, I am going to rant against the umpires, but this isn't them being bad at calling balls and strikes, uh, after, so on Wednesday night, uh, they delayed the game, put the tarp on 45 minutes before any rain fell. So they could have gotten at least two more innings in then, uh, maybe three, maybe Clayton Kershaw can get the win. We talked about that on yesterday's episode. Well, they did the same thing in this, uh, in the resumption of that first game on Thursday morning, uh. After the eighth inning, one inning left, and they pulled out the tarp with no rain falling. Rain didn't fall for 20 minutes after that, which means they could have finished the game and then have their rain delay during the gap between games, that they had to have a gap anyway. But instead, crew chief Mark Wegner uh, decided to be really bad at his job. Everybody's blaming the the grounds crew, and maybe the grounds crew is overzealous, but ultimately – it is up to the umpire. The rules specifically say once lineup cards have been exchanged, I mentioned this on yesterday's episode, once lineup cards have been exchanged, it is up to the, the crew chief, the umpire, when and whether to delay the game, to pull out the tarps. And so uh, maybe Mark Wagner got bullied by the grounds crew or maybe he's just, I, I have no idea, but you would think that he would have learned from his mistake on Wednesday night when he pulled out the tarp and then it didn't rain for 45 minutes. Hey, maybe... Let's not delay this one with one inning left until there's at least some raindrops falling. And, you know, uh, but we can't expect him to learn from his lessons when it's been a whole like 11 hours since the last time he made the same exact bonehead mistake.
1: Yeah, I guess. I feel like he got strong armed by the Cleveland grounds crew.
0: Yeah, just, you know, you shouldn't be a crew chief if you're getting cr- strong armed by a grounds crew. Sorry, Mark. Uh, But other than that, it was pretty good. Although in the second game, something I never seen before that I can remember, the Dodgers in the eighth inning, I believe, had a single, a double, a triple in the same inning and didn't score a run, which is really hard to do. Uh, I don't know how to look up and see if that's ever happened before, but I bet it's pretty rare. But other than that eighth inning, the Dodgers just dominated. They won six to one in the first game. They won nine to three in the second game. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about Ryan Pepio in the last segment today, so we won't talk too much about him right now, but, uh, overall, like, and I guess we're going to talk about Mookie Betts in the second segment. So besides Pepio and, and Betts, Vince, what were your big takeaways from, from these two games?
1: Quique Hernandez continues to rake, uh, it was his birthday. He had a couple doubles in one of the games had an RBI, had an RBI double on another hit. He was hitting all day as well. Uh, Freddie Freeman got back in the hit column. He you know, seemingly had been struggling a little, scuffling a little bit lately. And we, I don't think we saw every, or we might. Have, I think we saw almost every arm. Yeah, we did because Brian Hudson pitched that first game. I think we saw every arm in the bullpen today, right? So, Yeah,
0: yeah. I can never remember who's on the roster currently, who's hurt, but yeah, I think we pro- saw oh. pretty much everybody. It was... Uh, yeah,
1: Gonzalez, Varland, Brazier, Vestia, Gratterall, Hudson... None of those guys allowed an a run.
0: Yeah, Yarbrough allowed two runs, and uh, and that uh,
1: on one on a broken. Uh, no, that was Yarbrough. The, yeah, the on the broken uh, pickoff attempt, which
0: yeah, game on a home run.
1: Yeah, it's one of those where that one specifically, like, I, you take the out right there, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Once uh once Kike started running that runner back to first base, you gotta just commit. It's early in the game. It's one run and uh, you know, should have Kike should have maybe kept the guy closer to third. Freddie probably should have just taken the out once Kike didn't keep the guy closer to third. Um I think it's mostly on Kike, but Freddie maybe could have saved his bacon and at least gotten out, out of the deal. That would have kept the second run off the board because that guy should have been out. Instead, he scored on Bo Naylor's double.
1: Yeah. And also who would have thought that the game the Dodgers scored the least amount of runs was the one that Noah Syndergaard started.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you look at the series, Bob Miller against Noah Syndergaard, okay, well that one's a win. And then you face two rookies. Hopefully, you know, maybe you can sweep this, but you know, Syndergaard against Miller didn't go the Dodgers way. Uh, One thing that went the Dodgers way on Thursday, Michael Bush, he got his first career home run. He also got his first career sack fly. So two RBI game for him. Uh, obviously really happy for him to get that first homer on the board. He hadn't been able to hit a home run in his last stint in the big leagues. And then he hit a ton in the minor leagues. And so happy to see that for him. He is so soft-spoken. I don't know if you saw his post-game interview, but he is just the most gentle soul that you'll ever see. Uh, I I love the guy. I was, I was super happy for him.
1: Yeah. Great to see. And kind of what you want to, I mean, obviously you want to see it for him to succeed, but you also want to see it because like, you don't want him to – you don't want to see a guy that dominates in AAA and then come – like because that the Dodgers have had that a lot recently in the last few years, and, you know, you don't really want to see it. You want to see a hitter come up and actually – you know, like James Outman. I mean, he had that scuffle, came back from it, looking good again. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Guardians, if anything, they're known for their pitching, which they're not necessarily, like, top-tier pitching right now, but they, they've been good enough. The Dodgers had 14 hits in the first game total and 15 hits in the second game total. So the offense is moving around. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're going to talk about Mookie, who had a lot of those hits uh, in both games.
0: Yeah, and if it wasn't for Mookie, we might be talking about Freddie because Freddie went five for nine in these two games combined, you know, getting off that schneid. Uh, James Outman did struggle mostly in the series, but he did have a big two-run hit in this game. And so people stepping up and coming through. Austin Barnes, I think, had two hits in, in the second game today. Uh, just overall a great team win, team performance. And, you know, in, in a way it makes the loss on, on Tuesday a little more frustrating. Uh, should have been a sweep, but, you know, we'll take a series win. I think there's seven straight series wins, so I uh, can't complain too much about that.
1: Yeah, I think one point we'll probably talk about in the future episode soon is out, is now well, outfield, but defense in general. So I just made a lot of good plays in both of these games. And if you you know look around, other than maybe third base where Muncie's just okay at best, everywhere else is looking pretty good solid defensively.
0: Yeah, and Muncie does uh, have the most defensive run saves since the all-star break in baseball. So, you know, he's been better too. So okay. yeah, probably a topic for another day. Uh the Dodgers now head off to Boston, which is where Mookie Beth used to play. And uh we're going to talk about Mookie Betts in a second. So thanks for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen and please keep it Locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Look, uh, the Red Sox apparently have something called Cutter Crawford pitching for them uh, tonight. Do you think Mookie Betts is going to Homer off Cutter Crawford? You know, he probably is. Maybe you ought to check out Sleeper and, uh, and put your money where your mouth is. And you can swing for the fences with sleeper with up to a hundred times payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like. Maybe you like Lance Lynn to get a bunch of strikeouts. Uh, you know, a lot of things, Freddie Freeman to stay hot, pick two or more players that you like, select more or less on their stat c- categories, like home runs, strikeouts, hits and more get your picks right. And you could win big. Uh, they also have dynamic payouts. What are the dynamic payouts? In short, each player projection now has a multiplier attached to it as opposed to preset multipliers based on the number of legs in a contest. With dynamic payouts also come more stat categories to place contests on. You can get higher payouts than other apps with fewer picks. So use promo code On and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. at Sleeper. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out sleeper today. We are back. We want to thank you again for making locked on Dodgers your first listen. We especially want to thank our everydayers. Those of you who are with us every weekday morning, we love you and appreciate you. If you're not an everydayer, it's really easy to become one. Just watch or listen every weekday morning and uh, tell your friends and family. We'd love to, you know, we'd love to talk Dodgers with everybody. You know, everybody, you know, who loves the Dodgers. We'll talk Dodgers with them five days a week. I uh, also want to remind you, uh, today's game against the Red Sox is the Apple TV game. That is sometimes a challenge for some of you to watch. If you don't have the Apple TV subscription or whatever, remember you can always check out the Dodgers radio broadcast of every game on Sirius XM or the SXM app. Just launch the app and search for Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And finally, we want to remind you, if you are watching this on YouTube, we'd love to hear your thoughts in the YouTube comments section. If you listen on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through social media or email or whatever. We'll give you all, all that contact info at the end, like we always do. And I said, let's talk about Mookie Betts. Mookie went seven for eight in these last two games of the series. I don't remember what he did in the first game of the series. Uh, I know that he extended a hitting streak. So, But uh, he went five for five in the game that started on Wednesday and ended on Thursday. And then he went two for three. In Thursday's game, before coming out early, the Dodgers had a big lead. And with, you know, the humidity and the rain delay and everything, and two games made sense to get Mookie off his feet. They later got Freddie off his feet too. And uh, hard to complain about seven for eight over two games. Mookie is now at 89 RBIs out of the leadoff spot, which we talked last week about the potential history he's making there. Only two guys have ever gotten to 100 RBIs out of the leadoff spot, and nobody's gotten past 103. He's on pace to fly past that, on pace to fly past the home run record, uh, and maybe, maybe become just the second player ever to win an MVP in both leagues after Frank Robinson did it back in the 60s. Mookie won it in 2018 with the Red Sox. And I'd say, Vince, right now, Mookie has to be the front runner for MVP in the National League.
1: Yeah, he went two for three on Friday. So it's just a week week full of uh, multi hit games. But yeah, you know. Acuna has him on average and stolen bases by a significant amount very less significant on in batting average than it was before. But other than that, Mookie's either right there or beating him in all those things. He's playing three positions, um, you know, premium position at shortstop. And then, you know, he's been a go glove right fielder in the past and he's playing very well at second base as well. And he's taking that charge right now. And, and, we haven't seen this Mookie with the Dodgers yet. We've seen Mookie be really good, but you just look at – I mean, one particular at-bat, uh, he had—he was down, I think, 0-2 or 1-2 early on, fouled a couple – you know, looked a couple of bad pitches off, fouled a couple of pitches off, and then ends up getting a base hit. He hit a 90-mile-an-hour fastball that was at his shoulders for a base. Like, he's hitting everything right now, and we haven't seen – well, Mookie hitting for – an all-worldly like hitting for average and power. We haven't seen that with the the Dodgers. He was a little bit more power, not, you know, average wise wasn't quite where he was in his MVP and some of those Boston years, but he's here now and and he's on track to have the best season of his career. And 2018 was already a really, really good, like, you know, top-notch season maybe of all time. And he's about to pass all that up the way he's going right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it's funny to think, to say, we haven't seen this version. We've never seen Mookie be this good with the Dodgers. When you think about the fact that he's been an all star every year that he's been with the Dodgers, that they've had an all star team. He finished second in the MVP voting his first year with the Dodgers. He finished fifth last year. The Mookie's been very, very good the entire time he's been with the Dodgers. And yet this is next level for him. It's been so fun to watch. And, and like when you watch him hit, it's just, like, you you know, he's not going to get a hit every time up, but it's still surprising when he gets out because he's just on everything. And, and, and the thing that's really stood out to me is with two strikes, he never seems overmatched. You're not even worried. And there's been times with Mookie when he's slumped where it's like, okay, yeah, he's six through some pitch or whatever lately. Th- like there's no chance. I think he's swung and missed one time in the last three games. Uh, it, it's just ridiculous. And he is just putting the bat on the ball. And, you know, his two hits in the last game of this series today were both line drives to the opposite field. He just took where it was pitched. He's not trying to rip it. He, he hit, uh, I think, four of the five hits in, in game two of the series were, were pull hits, two of them off the wall in left field and two line drives to left. Uh, but, but both hits on, on Thursday afternoon were just line drives to right field. It's like, hey, that's what you're going to give me one of them drove in the first run of the game for the dodgers he later scored the second run that inning and so he started that rally that tied the game the dodgers down to nothing they scored eight runs unanswered after that and mookie was the catalyst for that and yeah it's it's remarkable what he's doing it's remarkable that he's driving in so many runs out of the leadoff spot because when he came up in uh the ninth inning eighth or ninth inning or whatever it was of the last game uh i'm sorry the Game two of the series, I don't know how to refer to these games when we have one that took 36 hours to play, um, but when he came up with bases loaded and he ripped the ball off the wall in left field, it would have been a grand slam at Dodger Stadium probably. Instead, it was just a two-run double because when Mookie has RBI chances, he is not letting them go to waste.
1: Yeah, he's he's coming through in all facets at the plate right now. You look you know, anyway, you sliced it last week, six batting 600 last two weeks, batting f- almost 500 last month over the last 30 games. He's hitting 385. So he's on fire right now. And yeah, like you said, he's not swinging and missing. And, and anytime he does strike out, it's usually on a borderline pitch that sometimes could have went either way. Sometimes it's just a borderline good pitch by the pitcher like he he's not getting beat very often. And when he does, he's getting beat by, you know, an elite pitch or a pitch that actually, or had elite command or control or whatever you want to call it. You know, sometimes pitchers aren't even trying to throw like that. It just happens. But, yeah, he, he's he been all you can ask for, and we're just lucky to witness it. And the fact that it's all this is happening as he goes back to Boston is probably just a little bit more, you know, kick in the pants for those Red Sox fans who are ready to welcome him back and probably still upset that they traded him.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes in Boston. Um, you know, this hot streak probably has to end at some point. Hopefully, it won't end in his old home in Boston. Uh, but you know, whatever, whenever it does end, eh, chances are because he's Mookie, he'll start another one right up after that. And uh, yeah, I think there's news you can announce now, right, Vince, about uh, your day job in Mookie.
1: Yeah, so. This morning right now, maybe as you're listening, 8.30 a.m. Pacific time, Mookie's doing the show with David Ortiz. So they'll be talking about his return to Boston, their time in Boston, and then now his time in L.A. and some other stuff. So it it should be a good show. Obviously, David Ortiz is a big personality, so it should work out.
0: That'll be a fun one. Um, Yeah, Mookie's been great. And uh, I I just looked up uh, stats with runners in scoring position this year. Mookie has his OPS – before uh this doesn't include the two games on on thursday uh, his ops with runners in scoring position was 1109 uh batting 372 1135 now 1135 nice um yeah and so really the only person with a significant number of plate appearances ahead of him is matt olson matt olson's been awesome with runners in scoring position too uh which you know that's something to think about but you know then you throw in Mookie's defense at three different positions, and ah, that, that's my MVP. Mookie's my MVP.
1: Yeah, he's hitting three eighteen with an OPS over a thousand in late and close situations as well. So,
0: yeah, you you, you 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 pick a split. Mookie's probably doing really well in it because uh, he's doing really well all over the place. Yeah, uh, we're gonna come back in a minute. We're gonna talk about Ryan Pepio uh, and. How good he looked again. He's now made two appearances this season and looked really good in both of them. We'll talk about that. So thanks again for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning and please keep it Locked on Dodgers. We are back. We want to thank you again for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen. want to remind you, if you can't catch tonight's game or any Dodger game on TV or in person, you can always catch the Dodgers radio broadcast on sirius xm or the sxm app just launch the app and search for dodgers also want to remind you to uh be an everydayer just watch or listen to this show every weekday morning obviously we got a we got really good numbers on our shohei otani centric episode yesterday because otani always does good numbers that's not why we did it it was big news and it's big news for the dodgers but you know uh hopefully some of you decide to stick around and uh we're not going to talk about Otani every episode, but uh, we do talk Dodgers every episode. So we hope you'll keep sticking around and keep coming back. Um, Ryan Pepio went four innings. Uh, I was hoping he'd get a five inning save, uh, but he—I think he ended up throwing about seventy-five pitches in his four innings. Maybe not quite as efficient as he would have liked, but other than that, like it wasn't for lack of like he—he he had good command. He was throwing strikes. Uh, you know, just maybe a few more base runners that he would have liked at inopportune times to to keep those pitch counts really down. But, uh, yeah, Pepio looked great, getting a ton of swing and miss. Like, he, his first inning, he struck out the side on 11 pitches, I think, and just dominant. All three strikeouts were swinging, and just a really, really – the changeup looked good, the slider looked good, the fastball looked good. Everything about it was playing off each other, and we talked about this after his appearance on Saturday. That version of Ryan Pepio is really, really good.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the guy that – We expected, you know, the guy that can command it has a nice, you know, nasty changeup. He got six things and misses on the fastball, but that was on 25 swings. He got six swings and misses on the changeup. And that was just on 12 swings off changeup. So that's the changeup that, you know, we heard about that. We were excited about that, you know, everybody was, was ready for. And he's mixing in the slider. He's he got a couple of swings on the slider. He threw it, I think, nine times overall. Uh, but that's all you really need. Like, if you have that good changeup, you can have that, you know, mid-90s fastball that you can spot. You just need that slider, you know, that third pitch, whatever it is, to to at least dance around the plate, be close enough to be a threat. And and, and that's really all you need. And, and, you know, Kershaw, on the other side, you know, the fastball and slider are his two. The curveball has the, you know, it's pretty – but he doesn't use it that often. And it's just it just looks very pretty when he does use it. So, you know, that's any starting pitcher, that's kind of what you're going for, where you have two pitches that are great, and then you have one pitch that can at least be a threat. And and that's what he's seemingly doing right now. And he's looking good. And and I would imagine he's gonna slot into the rotation now officially after the series, after this weekend series, uh, because he was the 27th man again, so they'll be able to like, you know option them down, keep them with the team, keep the extra arms in the bullpen until whenever they need them uh, to start.
0: Yeah. And uh, he's now thrown nine innings this year, which makes it really easy to figure out rate stats like ERA. He's thrown nine innings, allowed two runs. That's an ERA of two. He's allowed six hits and one walk. So that's a whip of 0.777. Anything under about 1.2 is good. Anything under one is excellent. He's under 0.8. Uh, he's got 11 strikeouts in those nine innings. Just everything, you know, with the caveat that it's just nine innings. But you know, the the, the big issues for for Pepeo was always command and confidence in his stuff. And the command's been great, and the confidence has to be great after these two appearances. And so, when you when you factor in, you know, Gonsolin being out and everything, Yarbrough kind of being comfortable in that long relief slot that they have him in. Yeah, Pepio. Seems like this rotation spot is his to lose. And, you know, he's not likely to be in the postseason rotation, but he's definitely kind of making everybody take notice and say, this guy could be a big part of our postseason pitching staff, even if he's not in the rotation. If you're looking at him as a a piggyback guy, you know, uh, everybody who's going to be in the Dodgers rotation there's going to be question marks. And so having guys like Pepio and Yarbrough in the bullpen and, and, you know, potentially one other guy, whether it's, you know, in that first series when they only need three starters, maybe, maybe it's Lance Lynn is that third guy out of the bullpen who can go long relief. You know, we'll see, but, uh, Pepeo is really working in himself into all of those conversations, which is crazy considering that, uh, he was almost an afterthought for most of this season, just as he's been recovering from that unfortunate injury Uh that, you know, he, he had made the opening day roster. He was going to be the opening day rotation and just terrible luck on his part, but he sure is making the most of, of the opportunity now that he's finally gotten it.
1: Yeah. I mean, and not just long relief, like if they don't end up needing that, you that he came in, in the fifth inning, you know, not how hope he's not coming in the fifth inning of a playoff game. That means the starter didn't go that deep, but he came in, and if you, let's just say you took out every other inning, but just that one inning came in in relief. He forgot the sight. Like, that looked good. So he has that stuff. And, you know, velocity-wise, he, he's well, – know mid-90 is good enough, especially with the stuff that he has and if he's putting it down there. But, you know, I would imagine if they were like, hey, you're only throwing one inning, it might, and with the adrenaline of a postseason, like, it might ramp up to a couple ticks there, and that will help out even more. So, yeah, I'm interested, you know, obviously he fits into the rotation now. But I'm interested to see, you know, like we've talked about a lot and we've talked about this the last you know couple of years now, minus 2021 20, of the Dodgers starting to build for October. And, you know, I would imagine that Ryan Pepio is going to have a variety of different roles and ways they use him over the next month once they kind of get the few times through the rotation or once maybe, you know, they're ready to bring up you know, one of these other guys where they have that extra arm in the bullpen uh, because of of September call-up. Like, I would imagine we could see him start a game and then the next time come in in the second inning after a one-inning opener and then the next time maybe used in a leverage situation late in the game. Like, I would imagine they're going to try him out in a bunch of different roles to see if he can handle it, if he can get used to it, and if he can be valuable to them come October.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's a great position for him to be in uh, because, really, it, it's up to him right now. He can kind of bet on himself, and if he performs well, he's going to be ha- have a shot at playing a big part, and that's all you can really hope for as a pitcher. Um, that's going to do it for today, I think. Uh, as we mentioned, the Dodgers head off to Boston. They're probably in Boston by the time we're recording this right now, probably landing about now. Uh, hopefully, by the time you're all listening to this, they've gotten a good night's sleep. We will see how the weather treats them this weekend because I'm looking at my weather app right now. It's showing hundred uh, percent chance of rain on Friday, 60% chance of rain on Saturday and 30% chance of rain on Sunday. Now that doesn't mean hundred percent chance of rain doesn't mean it's going to rain all day. Although if I look at the 24 hours, Oh yeah. I mean, it's, there's a chance of rain all day. So we'll see if uh, we may get another double header uh, or something. Weather, just play all the games at Dodger Stadium. Rob Manfred, that's my one request. All Dodger games are played at Dodger Stadium, just make it happen.
1: Yeah, they have one more trip to the east, but there's no days off like, no real days off. I don't think that would work. So, hopefully, they can get them all in right now. I mean, I guess for the Dodgers' sake. They're probably, I know, unless they're... We, we don't want plays. a
0: situation where they're only playing 160 or 161 games because we need Mookie Betts to hit his numbers. We need Freddie Freeman to get hit his numbers, you know? Like, yeah. we're, we're looking for raw stats here.
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. we need guys... To, like, Kershaw has to pitch. Like, he, yeah. he didn't get to pitch this last one.
0: Yep. Well, whatever happens, we are going to be here on Monday morning to talk to all of you about it, hopefully about a, another series win. Uh, but whatever it is, we'll be here. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Especially thank you to our everydayers. If you're not an everydayer, please start listening or watching every day. If you have friends or family who love the Dodgers like you do, please tell them about the show. Maybe they'll like it too. Uh, remember, you can check out the Dodgers radio broadcast of every game on Sirius XM or the SXM app by searching for Dodgers. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at VinceSince91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog. Both of our DMs are open there you can email us at locked on dodgers at gmail.com or you can send us a voicemail or shoot us a text at 323-863-LOCK-5625 we are here every weekday morning and we hope you'll be here with us when you get in your car or sit on your couch tell your smart device to play podcast locked on dodgers and remember you don't have to agree you just have to listen we'll talk to you on monday
1: have a good one